0: Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Alice Henderson on Debut. Book one in the Alice Henderson series, written and narrated by me, S.R. Silcox. If you've just discovered the podcast, make sure you go back to episode one of season one. As this is a podcast version of the book, you'll want to listen to the earlier episodes before you listen to this one. Previously on Alice Henderson on Debut. In their first gym session, Alice and Charlie kept each other on their toes with some friendly competition on the rowing machines, and Charlie lit up the field with her catching and her infectiously fun attitude. But resident mean girl Paris and her fast bowling gang pulled Alice and Charlie both down to earth, teasing Charlie about her old training gear and telling Alice that they shouldn't be at camp, leaving Alice fuming. But Alice received some much-needed encouragement from superstar batter Jules Livingston. The next morning is cold, wet and miserable. I thought it was supposed to be summer, I grumble, as I spoon sugar over my cornflakes. Toowoomba only has two weeks of summer, Hannah informs me. Really? Hannah shrugs. That's what it feels like anyway. I huff. I hope the cold goes away. I didn't bring any warm clothes. Charlie is grinning from ear to ear when she sits down at the table. She tries to squish her multi-layered bacon, egg and cheese muffin down so she can fit it into her mouth. Why are you so happy? Hannah asks. I just ran into Brad outside. We're having a proper training session with the Brisbane squad, Charlie replies, with their coaches instead of ours. She does a little happy dance in her chair, and I can't help but laugh. Oh my God! Hannah does a little squeal that makes some of the other girls turn around and give her funny looks. You guys are a little too excited for this time in the morning, I say, digging into my cereal. Hannah puts her hand on my arm. It's a real chance for us to be seen, she says, and nods furiously. I look over at Charlie, who's devouring her muffin with a crazy grin on her face and wide eyes. You two are nuts, I say, and eat my breakfast. The nets in the indoor centre have been pulled back to reveal one big training area. There are cones and other training aids scattered around the place, I'm guessing for skills circuits. We all sit on the floor in front of Brad and Karen, and a few other people I assume are the Brisbane coaches, while the Brisbane squad stand off to the side. Charlie sits beside me, her knees bouncing around like she's had too much red cordial. She spots Jules and gives a little wave. Jules smiles and shakes her head. Charlie nudges my shoulder with hers. I hope she can keep her eyes off Jules Livingston and concentrate on the session, because I have a feeling this is going to be a long and exhausting day. Karen explains the circuits we'll be doing this morning and then she says she has an announcement to make. We didn't want to tell you all until you'd settled into camp and since you're getting the chance to train with the Brisbane squad today, we thought that now's as good a time as any. The game you'll play on Saturday will be against a team selected from the Brisbane training squad and not only that, one of you will get the chance to play on the Brisbane team. Charlie grabs my leg and shakes it and lets out a little squeal. The rest of the girls get excited and start talking amongst themselves. Brad says, Look around, ladies. You're all teammates, but as of now, you're all competing for that one spot on the Brisbane team. We want to see your absolute best at training today and tomorrow. I'll hand you over to the Brisbane head coach, Angie Myers, who's going to run this morning's session. Angie steps up and explains the stations and what we're to do at each. It's a timed, rapid fire session where we get two minutes at each station with 30 seconds rest before we start on the next one. I love this type of training, because you have to go on instinct more than anything, which is something I'm good at. And the best part is, we'll be teamed up with Brisbane players, so we'll be able to test how good we really are. It also means that Charlie and I are separated for the first time on the camp. She's put in the group with the Brisbane Wiki keepers as well as Hannah and Dee, and she looks like she might burst with excitement. Good luck, Charlie says as she heads to her station. You too, I call to her as she jogs away. I turn to see who I'm with, and my heart drops. I've got Shari in my team, and she looks about as happy to be with me as I am to be with her. It could have been worse, I guess. I could have been teamed up with Paris. Shari turns out to be more skillful than she looks. Her height and slight frame are deceptive, and she's only missed one throw in the ground pickup station. I'm all over her in the one where we have to hit a single wicket though, not missing a single throw. It makes me feel good until a coach corrects my throwing technique, informing me that if I keep throwing the way I am, I'll end up doing damage to my shoulder. He tells me to see him after so he can give me some exercises to fix it. Shari looks at me with a self-satisfied grin on her face. It gets wiped off when we do a drill on running between wickets and she's chastised for not grounding her bat properly. I guess being a bowler has made her forget to work on her batting skills. After training, we have a recovery session in the pool with the Brisbane squad and then they head off to the gym. Since we still have an hour before lunch, Karen suggests we split up and play a game of water polo. We're using the shallowest end, so at least we don't have to tread water. It's more like a game of handball, but in the pool. Somehow, Charlie and I end up on opposite sides as goalkeepers and we throw taunts at each other across the pool. The game is fast and fierce, and I notice that Paris cops quite a few dunkings from Hannah. Maybe Charlie and I aren't the only ones she's been trying to put off our games. At 4-all, Karen tells us that the next goal wins, which makes everyone step up their game. Charlie pulls off a great save off Hannah and tosses the ball out to D. D pushes the ball in front of her and takes off swimming, but is quickly caught by Nicky. D manages to keep the ball, even though Nicky's doing her best to jump high out of the water to block her. D passes off to Regan, who's close enough to have a shot, but luckily for me, she misses. I grab the ball and get ready to throw it back in. All my players are marked and no one's moving, so I decide to go for a bit of a swim out myself to try to draw someone away. It works. Paris breaks away from Hannah, and as soon as I have her committed to me, I toss the ball over her head and straight into Hannah's hand. Paris slaps the water and turns back to chase Hannah down. I watch as my team tosses the ball between themselves, before Shari finally has a shot, which is again blocked by Charlie. I slowly start to make my way back to the goal, while Charlie sets herself, and then all of a sudden, she looks up, jumps high up out of the water, and tosses the ball towards our goal. I realise I'm way too far away after my swim out, and I try to swim back, but the ball bounces once on the water, and cannons through the markers for a goal. Charlie celebrates wildly, as do her teammates, but Shari yells at me, what the hell Alice, you're supposed to be the goalie. It was a lucky shot, Hannah says. It was just a game, I say, pulling myself out of the pool and heading over to the towels. It's never just a game, Shari says. She's standing way too close to me and giving me a look of death. God, Shari, it's not like this will count towards whether you get picked for the Brisbane squad or not, Charlie says, standing beside me. Don't you get it, Shari says. They're watching everything. Charlie leans in a little and lowers her voice. They probably are. And you know what they'll see right now? A spoilt brat who cracks it whenever she loses. Shari huffs and turns and walks away. She's so intense, Charlie says as she dries herself off and wraps the towel around her. I watch as Shari heads off with Paris and the rest of their little group, obviously whinging about me and probably about Charlie too. She's right though, I say. The coaches will be watching everything we do. Charlie sighs. Of course they will, Alice. That's what they do. The trick is to not get caught up in their bulldust. She takes me by the arm and pulls me to the showers. Come on, I want to go see what we've got for lunch. Charlie turns up late to the afternoon session in the indoor centre. We've already played one match scenario by the time she rushes in and dumps her bag on the floor. She wriggles her way between Nicky and I on the bench seat as we put in our batting gear for our turn. What's happening, she asks. We're doing match scenarios, I reply. She opens a kit bag and starts digging out her gear. Charlie, Karen says, standing in front of us with her clipboard. Grab your gloves. You can jump back behind the stumps for this one. Righto, Charlie says. As she stands up to head over to the rest of our team, I say, Where have you been? Charlie sticks our keeping gloves under her armpits and pulls on her inners. Just had to call Dad. She turns to walk away, but I tap her on the leg with my bat and she turns back. Is everything okay? I ask. Charlie shrugs. Yeah, Ethan broke his arm, that's all. I'm assuming Ethan is one of Charlie's brothers. Is he okay? I ask. He's fine. They're just deciding whether it needs to be pinned. That sounds serious, Nicky says. Charlie shrugs. I guess. Karen calls her onto the pitch. I'll tell you about later. She runs off to the others who are with Karen and Brad, going through the next match scenario. Nicky taps me on the arm. Ready to go partner? Yep, sure. I stand up and adjust my pads and then head through the netting and onto the field. Nikki and I have been told we're the last pair in for an innings and have to see out the final two overs without losing a wicket to draw the game. It should be simple enough if I can keep Nikki off strike since she's the tail ender and I'm the recognised batter. It's not the ideal scenario because my strength is hitting out but at least I get to show the coaches I'm more than just a big hitter. The other thing is there's a set of markers around the pitch that indicate where we have to run if the ball goes past it. There are no fours or sixes allowed in this scenario, and hitting one means we lose. But at least the runs don't matter. As we head onto the pitch, Paris says, just loud enough for me to hear, Let's see how good you really are. She's standing with Regan, next to Shari, who's bowling the first over. No doubt talking bowling tactics with each other. I make my way down to the striker's end, and Charlie gives me a little wink. "'Shahamu's boss,' she says. She smashes her gloves together and gets herself set behind the wickets. I stretch out my neck, roll my shoulders, and step up to face the first of what I know is going to be a baptism of fire. Shari's first two balls are right on the money, full and straight and hard to play. I play them both straight back to her with defensive shots. I feel like I can pick her pace. It's just the line and length I need to work out. Her third ball is a little wider of the crease.' and I'd normally smash it hard back past her to the boundary, but since that would mean we'd have to run, I steer it to Zoe at mid-off. Nikki comes down the pitch and I meet her halfway. When do you want me to run, she asks. How do you feel about facing Shari? Nikki shrugs. I haven't faced her in the net, so I don't know how I'll go. I'm better with spin. Okay, I'll see off this one and the next one, and then we'll run on the last one. Make sure you're backing up. Nicky nods and heads back to the other end. Are you running on this one? Charlie asks. I turn and look at her. Why would I tell you that? Just wondering whether I should stand up to the stumps or not, just in case. You do what you think's best. Charlie pokes her tongue out at me, and then sets herself behind the stumps again. Shari's fourth ball is on the leg side and no threat, so I let it go. She has a quick chat with Paris and resets the field, putting more space in between the fielders. She's trying to get me to play so they can get Nikki on strike. They think they can get her out. Shari bowls her second last ball on a good length for me, a little wide, exactly where I like them. I stride forward to play a straight drive, but I check my shot and the ball dribbles back to Shari, who's obviously surprised by my choice of shots, judging by the look on her face. I ignore her and head up to the pitch to talk to Nikki. Ready to run, I ask. She nods. Make sure you're backing up. If the ball goes anywhere off the pitch, just run as hard and fast as you can. Got it, Nicky says. I face up for Shari's final ball and have to wait until she again talks behind her hand to Paris. They bring the field in closer, trying to cramp me up. Finally, when they're satisfied, Shari runs in. The ball pitches short and jags back off the seam. Nikki is striding down the pitch, ready for the single, but I can't get my bat on the ball. It kicks up and I end up fending it off with my arm guard and it drops onto the ground near my feet. Zoe swoops in to collect the ball and I yell at Nicky to get back. She turns and makes a dive for the crease and thankfully, no one is backing up at the bowler's end because the ball misses the stumps and cannons into the back netting. I'm happy we saved the wicket, but now Nicky's on strike to Regan, which is exactly what I didn't want to happen. Nicky stands up and adjusts her protective gear again. We meet in the middle. Sorry, she says. I shake my head. That was my fault. I should have guessed what they'd be planning. Are you going to be okay against Regan? It's only six balls, right? Right. If it's on the stumps, get your bat on it. Otherwise, leave it alone. I know. My coach tells me that all the time. We smile at each other. It must be hard being a tailender and not being expected to last long in the middle. I'll back up on every ball. The run is your call, so if you want to take a run, make sure you yell at me. Nikki nods. We bump gloves and head to our ends. Regan looks like all her Christmases have come at once. She thinks she's got this in the bag. I haven't seen Nikki bat yet, so I hope she can hold out for as long as she can, or at least get me on strike to see out the over. Regan's first ball is dead on the stumps, making Nikki play. She jumps as she hits the ball, which is never a good sign. Her first instinct is to get out of the way, but her training's telling her to hit the ball. It's not enough to get a run, but I give her a thumbs up and she smiles back. Regan's next ball is just as fast, but Nikki gets enough bat on it to drop it between two fielders. Her call of yes echoes off the walls and we both take off at a sprint. Hannah fires the ball to Charlie, who whips off the bales, but I'm home just in time. I breathe a sigh of relief and turn back to Nicky. I give her a nod and she nods back. She's leaning on her bat, which is a sure sign that nothing is going to move her from the non-striker's end now that she's back there. I smile to myself. I just have to face four balls from Regan to see out the innings and win the scenario. How hard can it be? Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just buy a book by me, S.R. Silcox. You can order them through your favourite bookstore or request them through your local library. To find out how you can buy personalised and signed copies, go to my website at srsilcox.com. That's it for now. I'll see you next time.